With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. This, this, this is, 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 is Fight Disciples. We are gathered here today for the Fight Disciples UFC and Boxing Talk. Welcome to podcast episode 252. This one dedicated to the world of UFC. We are the Fight Disciples and you can get us on iTunes by searching Fight Disciples or you can go to our website, fightdisciples.com if you need an Android feed. Um, at Fight Disciples is where you'll find us on all social me- medias, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram and YouTube. And I think we start by talking about the most freakish knockout that you've ever seen in your entire life. Ya Rodriguez, told you you'd win, didn't I? Uh, against uh, the Korean zombie at the weekend in Denver. One second. I was just going to say, he's fucking behind on, on every single scorecard. No, he wasn't. He was losing the fight. 3 1 3 1 2 2. You know, well, not yeah. every card. <laughs> not every single card. Uh, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put this out there, right? The first time I saw it, I thought he'd headbutted him, is what I thought he'd done. Yeah. The second time I saw it, I thought to myself, there's no fucking way he's meant that. There's, that's an accidental knockout. There's no way that he is meant to do what he did in order to bring that elbow from the position that he was in, yeah. ducking out the way of a shot himself and landing it right on the whiskers of the zombie with it with a, a second to go. Nobody knew what happened. Everybody's looking around going, what the fuck? The geezer's eating bloody mattress. He's out, isn't he? Absolutely out cold. Yeah, you were new guys knew exactly what happened. Knew exactly what happened. It was a... Uh... Are you telling me that he meant that shot? Absolutely, yeah. 100%. Nah, nah mate. 100%. I, I am not having that. That's a freak of a shot. 100% he meant that. 100%. Just because the way he was rushing in, he 100% meant that shot. I thought it was fucking... Watching it live, <clears throat> it was literally like half, half five in the morning, whatever it was, 20 past five. I've had a long night. Been at the box until fucking 3 a.m. And got in as the main card was starting. I was like, fucking perfectly timed. This paused myself a nice stiff one. I'm sitting there watching the main card play out, which we'll come back to in a second. Obviously, it all builds towards this. The co-main was fucking cool. I'm like, okay, let's do this. <clears throat> and I watched these two guys go to war for five rounds. I'm like, this is fucking class. This is class. And then the knockout happened. And you know when you just kind of like you're looking down on your own body a little bit. I don't know if you 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 punch drunk because you're delirious because you've been at it all day. You've had a couple of whiskeys in you now. It's fucking nearly the sun's about to come up, and I was just I just out, had this weird out of body experience, and I just remember looking at the TV, hearing Paul Feld and the commentary team just going absolutely fucking bonkers, and just going. Mm-hmm. Turned the telly off, got up, walked upstairs, climbed into bed. Like, it was just weird. Looking back now, it was weird. And the next day, it was only when I seen our social media that you'd retweeted the finish, and I was like, oh, yeah, I watched that live. Fuck me, I remember that live. That was one of the craziest knockouts I've ever seen. What the fuck? In the final second. 
No idea why I didn't tweet about it. No idea why I didn't post. Didn't even react it. At the time, I didn't react. Just digested it and went, mm-hmm. Turned it off. Next day, I was like, fuck, yeah, that was crazy. That was crazy. The whole show was crazy. Yeah, the yeah. whole show was crazy leading up to that particular point. And do you know something? It's quite fitting that on the 25th anniversary of the beginning of the UFC, that you get something just Amazing. as crazy as that in the main event. Yeah. A main event that wasn't supposed to happen. It was supposed to be... Frankie Edgar in that main event against uh, the Korean zombie. Um, and we told you that he was good. We told you last week. I mean, a lot of fans that are listening to this right now might not necessarily know too much about him because of um, his uh, involvement with the military in his, uh, in his native land that he had to go and do. Uh, what do they call that? It's not conscription, is it? What do they call it? Korean? National service. That's what they call it. They had to go and do oh, his, right. yeah, yeah. Yeah. Sorry, go yeah, and yeah. his national service. Yeah, yeah. Um, of which kept him out of the octagon for such a long period of time. He's only had one fight since, obviously, finishing that and coming back in, and this yep. was his second fight back. It's a, and we, you know what I feel about Yar Rodriguez. I've bigged him up a lot over the last 18 months. So this was always going to be summit. It was always going oh, to be yeah. special. Absolutely. And it was special. If you've not watched it yet, go back and watch it. Don't just go straight to the finish, because the fight itself is brilliant. They just kick the shit out of each other for such a long period of time. But the finish... That last 10 seconds where they've got their hands in the air, they're shaking hands, they're having a bit of a hug. Go on then, we'll get, we'll do a bit for the last couple of seconds. Yeah. And then he, he rushes in as the Korean zombie. And I'm telling you now, he don't mean that shot. <laughs> he does not mean that shot. If he does, he's the greatest mixed martial artist of all time. <laughs> he's that good. It was fucking sweet. It was sweet. Oh, mate. Do you know what? We've been spoiled, haven't we? Remember that elbow knockout the other week? That spinning elbow in South Africa? But yeah. this is, listen, this is fucking completely different level. Um, for me, this goes that... I, I'm going to give it to him because y- Yar Rodriguez is such a talented striker. I'm going to give him this one. I, I think anybody... I think there's, there's plenty of other fighters in the UFC. In fact, you know what? Flip it round. I think, I think Korean Zombies just fucking got lucky there. But because Rodriguez is such a talented striker... I'm going to give him this. I think he actually does mean this. He actually, you know, <clears throat> does he practice it in the gym? Of course he doesn't practice it in the gym. It'd be fucking weird if he did. But the way, it was like a little the way zombies running in, a little peekaboo shot, his head's popped down, and he knows zombies falling over his back. He knows he's tired. Listen, all this happens in a nanosecond. He's fired that elbow up. You know, in it, just pure reactive. Just it's like, it's like it's like when you if you're, if you're going over the top, of me fuck off. Take that elbow to the face. Nah. Not knowing it's going to hit him in the face. Just thinking I, I, at this stage in the fight, I'm just trying to hit you with fucking anything, assholes and elbows. You're falling over the top of me. Take take that little elbow. Obviously, because zombies fucking going over the guy's back at the time. He's 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 out of the full contact zone. Yeah. For that split second, he switches off. That split second, he doesn't expect it to come. Like when a boxer drops his hands for that split second. In that nanosecond, he's past the danger zone. He's gone past Yara Rodriguez's torso and his brain starts to relax the shutdown. To start. What the fuck? This is why Korean Zombie is so fucking cool, though. This is why he's so entertaining. Because he's doing that shit when he's ahead on the scorecards. When he's got rounds in the bank, he's still trying to finish the fight in the final seconds. If you're in his corner, you'd absolutely kill him. I know in the post-fight, he was like, fucking stupid of me to rush at him like that when the fight's in the bank. But then it just made it amazing, didn't it? It just kind of put that, as you say, put the cherry on the cake. Of the, it's actually the 25th anniversary of the UFC today, Monday. Yeah. But it was the 25th anniversary event. It was the perfect finish. And as you say, the event, I love the way the UFC did it. They did it like a flashback to the UFC one with the cheap graphic style. And it's like kickboxer versus boxer and all that. That was cool as fuck. I loved it all. And it deserved a finish like this. I thought, to be honest, 
I thought we peaked too soon with the with Cerrone versus uh, Mike Perry because that was just like a brutal finish. But I was like, these two are gonna go, and they did go at it. It went from being a potential fight of the year contender to undoubtedly knockout the, the knockout of the year. One of the greatest elbow knockouts in the history of MMA. So I, you've got to give it to him. I don't think you can take it away from him and go uh, freak accident. You've got to give it to him, man. So it's up there with Anderson Silva's Tony Franklin up elbow. It's up there with fucking Crow Cop's elbow against Gonzaga. This is one of the best... El- what was the one Mike, Matt Brown did as well? And anyway, This is one of the best elbow finishes in UFC history. You've got to give it to him. Anyone but Yad Rodriguez. I think anyone who's, who's, who's a striker, pure and simple, you've got to give them the respect and go, he meant that. Not having it. Anyway... <laughs> <laughs> Um, Cowboy's armbar, mate. Fuck me. He was a cowboy. He was riding that arm like a buffalo, wasn't he? He was all over that bucking bronco. He yep. was trying to shake him off, but he wasn't going anywhere. Uh, and I'm led to believe Mike Perry's actually put on his social media that he broke it. Yeah, he did, He yeah. snapped his arm. Yeah. The, po- the best post-fight interview scene was with Cerrone, and he was saying, um, did you know? Did you feel it break? You know, Perry's come out and said it was broken. Did you feel it break? Go, oh, yeah, yeah. As I turned them over, I felt it pop out. And he went to, all oh, right, okay. And he went, yeah, and after that, I just fucking pulled on it. You know, when you're twisting the chicken wing off it, when you're twisting off a chicken wing, he went, I was just pulling, I could feel the gristle and everything. I just thought, yeah, I'm, I'm having, I'm taking that home. <laughs> and I was just like, oh! <laughs> no, I'm not saying that. That's fucking brutal. Dirty bastard. Brutal. Yeah, I'm taking that home with it. I'm sure his final line was like, it's like, twi- it's like twisting it off a chicken wing. You feel all the gristle in the bone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought, I'm, I'm having this and taking it home. Sick <laughs> bastard. Fair play then. If it went as soon as he, he flipped him over, is it, yeah. if that's when it went, yeah. fair play at Mike Perry because he weren't for tapping, would he? Was he fucked? He just stood there going, how the fuck do I get out of he this? Just there. But the problem is he didn't know how to get out of it. Had he rolled the other way initially, he either got out of it, but he rolled with Cerrone, unfortunately, and... Once he did that, it was like, you know, this 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 is why I fancied Cerrone for this fight. Mike Perry is game as fuck, and he's a bull in a china shop. Bit but, naive at times. But I think it? Cerrone now has learned his lesson about t- undervaluing people. And I think he'd done his homework and thought, because in the fight, when Perry takes him down, the commentary team are going, whoa, okay now, Perry's took Cerrone down. I'm like, yeah, because Cerrone would fuck him up on the floor. Cool. That's a cool place for Donald to be on his back with Mike Perry and guard. Sweet, man. Take that all day. And that's how it played out because it was just like, as soon as he hit the ground, Mike Perry was out of his depth mm. and Cowboy made them pay for it. What do you make of Cowboy saying that he's going back down to 155? I think it's wicked. I want to see him back down at 155. This is not his weight division anyway. My only concern is that he's finally looking like a, a 170. Yeah. You know, his shoulders are big, his arms are big. He looks like a 170 pound fighter now. Doesn't look like a lightweight anymore. Mm. With a bit, who's just not cutting weight. He actually does look like a welterweight now. So getting back down to 155, as we talked about with our in the boxing show with Tony Bellew, first time in a couple of years now. When was the first, when was you know last time he fought a lightweight was against the Sanyos. That was for the lightweight belt. When was that? Three years ago, nearly four years ago, whatever it was. Twenty sometime anyway, 2015, but whenever it was, at least three years ago, mate. He ain't spring chicken no more. Just like Bellew, he's in his, he's 35 now, Cowboy Cerrone. Mm. Getting back down to 155 may not be as easy as he thinks, but he's going to have more success at 155 than he is at Welter. At Welter, let's be honest, he's been he's been win-loss, win-loss, win-loss. You know, he's realised that the fucking Darren Tills of this world are way too big for him, yet he's still got the ability against the guys like Mike Perry, who are 
predictable and pretty much one-dimensional. 21 victories. That's Legend. a record. Yeah. 15 now... Uh, finishes. Stoppages, yeah, finishes. That's a record. That's a record. Mm-hmm. Fucking legends again, isn't it? Yeah, man. Overtaking both GSP and Bisping for the yeah. most wins inside the octagon. Yeah. Can't deny that shit. And he's saying, yeah, I'm going to go back down to lightweight and do a bit of a title run. So he ain't, he ain't Khabib, finished Khabib, I'm coming for you. He ain't finished yeah. Far from it. Far fans, from it. Mate, he's a fan's favourite. People absolutely Fucking buzzing. Right. He sells tickets. People absolutely You know why? Because he's like, he's in the octagon going, yeah, I'm going to go back down to lightweight. Yeah, yeah. I fancy that New Year's Eve show. I wouldn't mind a knock on there. Oh, listen, I'll go main card. If you want, I'll open the prelims. I fancy that. And you're like, that's why we love you. That's why we love Donald Cerrone. Mm. Apparently he's got a name as well. In he's the, got a what? He's got a name. What do you mean he's got a name? In the lightweight division that the UFC have gone... Oh, yeah, 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 they've offered him someone, If you're they? serious, you go, and he's gone, yeah, yeah, yeah. But he wouldn't He wouldn't say who that name was. Who's your tip? Dan Hardy. No. Dan's comeback fight. No, it won't be. Dan's comeback fight against Donald Cerrone. You wouldn't fuck about with that. Main if that event was London. If Dan Main event London. That, yeah, but if Dan would have told you that, you wouldn't fuck about with it. You'd have just kept quiet. You wouldn't. Have Dan hasn't told me that. I've just made it up. Have you? Yeah. Dan Hardy and Donald Cerrone at one five five in London. Yeah. Main event. Let's do it. Do you know what? Fucking Dan would take down the heartbeat. Or he is going to text me after he listens to the show and go, "Please stop talk- talking shit." <laughs> but Dan against Donald Cerrone at lightweight in London. Do you know what? Let's make it happen. Let's have a dance. There we go. With uh, with Darren Till, Rocky Edwards on there as well. I fancy that too. Let's go for it. Hang on, he's called out Anderson Silva. We'll get to him in a minute. Oh fuck yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll yeah, get to yeah, him yeah. in a minute. Even Keep better. Calm down. Um, very competitive um, was uh, Denver at the weekend. I think we had four split decisions, didn't we? Yeah. Uh, throughout the course <clears> of the night. I think whenever you watch these Denver shows, you need to take into account that. This shit is happening at like 10,000 feet above sea level. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? So when you're watching people fucking go absolutely to war like Rodriguez and, and Zombie do, you're like, these guys are doing this kind of like with a... With no, with no oxygen. Imagine, imagine having a snorkel on and having a fight with a snorkel on and trying to breathe through a snorkel. That's what fighting in Denver That's is what like. the UFC should do. Yeah. <laughs> they get, get somebody with a snorkel, full goggles. I've seen that. Have you? I've seen no. I haven't seen people fight. I've seen people training with snorkels on. No, mate, they're not actual snorkels. They have no, a snorkel. breathing apparatus. No, no, that this, they have this guy didn't have any money. He had a snorkel. <laughs> Skin. Just put a snorkel on, mate. That'll sort it yeah, out. Genuinely, he had a snorkel on. He was doing. He was. He was running and hitting pads with a snorkel on, and it was masking tape to his head because obviously he wasn't wearing the goggles. And I was, it was the craziest thing. It was before mobile phones, unfortunately, otherwise the fucking well took a picture. But yeah, a pretty prominent athlete as well. People would know who it was. I'm not going to mention him now, but... Why? Yeah, man, train him with a snorkel strapped Why to Why are you not going to mention who it is now? Because he'd, get, he'd be embarrassed. But yeah, man. Boxing, you, shit. boxing and mixed martial arts. Mixed martial arts. Just fucking say who it is. <laughs> why can't you say who it is? But that's, but that's kind of conditioning your lungs. Why are you skipping your, over it? I'm not going to let you get Why won't you say who it is? Conditioning your fighting? lungs to fight in Denver. Are they still fighting? Maybe. You never, I'm never going to mention it. I don't know. Let me speak to him first and then I'll All find right. out. Dan? <laughs> <laughs> nah, Dan always had money. He's all right. Yeah. He's always been well supported. Good card though, man. You are right. Good card. Look at you going. Move on. Move on. Do you know what? Do you know on this card? I seen a bit of bullshit on Twitter about Benio Dariush, his fight against Tiago Marias. Just people giving Dariush shit, going, "Ah, fuck's sake!" Just taking them down and holding them down. Oh yeah, you know, vaguely going for a submission. Like, not only did they win every every round, but one of the judges gave him 
the round 10-8 as well. Mm. That's out. It was just completely dominating. Mm. Now, for me, Darius, I remember Darius when he first came into the UFC because um, we had spent some time at King's MMA and they were so excited about the fact that he'd gone to King's MMA to refine his game for mixed martial arts because Darius is a bread and butter, top of the range, jiu-jitsu black belt. He did that one thing a lot of jiu-jitsu fighters do. He gets in the UFC and then he wants to be a striker. Now, he's at King's MMA with you know one of the best striking coaches in the world, so he's capable. But his bread and butter is his jiu-jitsu. So when he gets fights like this, where and he's lost a couple now, Darius, so he needs to put a run together, that he just plays to his strengths. And then fans go, oh, for fuck's sake, come on. Mm. It's like he's lost fights. He's been knocked out before. So why shouldn't he? You know... I, I don't know whether the world... Ch- its fans might be slower than the UFC themselves, but the UFC, in signing Ben Askren, in champion Khabib, the UFC are now saying it is okay to grapple. It is okay to hold people down and move for submissions. It is okay not to just stand and bang. Mm. Now, if the UFC are putting that green flag up there, why isn't why wouldn't Darius do that then? Why wouldn't Darius play to his strengths like he did here? Yeah, yeah. He's going to do it, isn't he? Of course. Kamaru Usman does the exact same thing. Exactly. That's how, that's how the... Uh, it's about winning the fight, mate, and building yourself some momentum and getting yourself into a, a Exactly. Does, does it make you a, a fan favourite like Cowboy Sony? No, Sony? it doesn't. Of course it doesn't. No. But at the end of the day, people at the top end of this sport now are doing it and doing it successfully and having success with it. People aren't necessarily criticising it as much as it was before, so he's going to do it. Listen, for every for every daddy use, there's a Mercy Barber. She is a violent, yes. violent, is, violent she, girl. Just a bit. Um, she missed weight, actually. Um, and then got it off um, second time. Or she only missed it by I think yeah, it was yeah. less than a pound. Yeah. Uh, but uh, in a second way, and she managed to she managed to get the job done. But she is a violent motherfucker. Twenty years of age. She has a thing on her uh, on her phone. It's a countdown to how many days she's got left to become the youngest UFC champion. Uh, compared to obviously John she's Jones. She's a bad motherfucker. She's a bad motherfucker. She doesn't look. No. Bad motherfucker. She looks like the... She pr- looks like the girl next door. She looks like the pretty girl next door. You know yeah. what I mean? That's going to be selling your cookies every now and again. But then when you get her in the octagon, she talk... That was horrible to watch it sometimes. Her elbows, mate, are some of the best in the UFC. She was just fucking raining them down. She's just critical, isn't she? She's just like... Everything she throws has got venom behind yeah. it. And when you look at her, you're right. She's like she's she's like a cute little girl next door. She's like the prom queen. Yeah. Cheerleader. You know, that's what she fucking looks like. But she beat the shit out of the entire men's football team if she wanted to. She's the type of, you know, as a father to daughters like we are, young daughters, you're like, that's what I want my daughter to be like. Because <laughs> when she's 20, you've got no problem about her going out or going out on a date to the pitches or whatever. Because no. you're like, mate. If it gets nasty, exactly, she's going to yeah. run an elbow in mate, his fucking jaw. If there's anything but popcorn in that popcorn box, <laughs> you're getting fucking submitted. It's not a problem. We've been there before. Yeah. <laughs> You've been there before. Yeah, exactly. So, mate, she's a little badass and uh, a massively exciting addition to that strawweight, strawweight weight class. What did you make of um, the submission that wasn't a submission, if that makes sense, where I can't remember the kid's name. He, the referee thought he was out. He called the fight off. Yeah. But then um, as soon as the hole was relinquished, yeah. he's wide awake. Yeah. He's kicking off saying that uh, he uh, the fight shouldn't have been called off. Um, I think it was a good stoppage, me. You were sound with it? Yeah, I was sound with it, yeah. I was sound with it. Um, it's weird because it, I think in that moment as well, this is the, sometimes the issue about going to places like Denver where the UFC don't necessarily go to a lot without the familiar big-name referees and whatever else. They're going to come on for a little bit more criticism. But I just think, listen, 
in that moment, he made the decision, the best decision that he could. And regardless of what fallout has been from it since, I think it was probably the right decision, the right way to go. Um, I had no issue with it, to be totally honest with you. I thought he was, I thought it was time to be stopped. Um, it is what it is. What did you think? At the time, Were you against it. Uh, well, at the time I was watching it. I'm just trying. To, I'm sorry, I, I forgot the kid's name. Bobby Moffat. Bobby Moffat. Yeah, it was in the Chad Skelly uh, Bobby yeah, yeah. Moffat fight, wasn't it? Bobby Moffat got it by submission, uh, and Chad Skelly was the geezer that was who's complaining that he wasn't out. That's yeah. bit, that's where we're at this moment in time. At the time, I thought, yeah, he's out. But then, as soon as the the hold is relinquished, he is wide awake. He's not out, isn't no. he? You know, I don't. I don't know. I do feel for the kid because at the end of the day, if you're if you're not on the main card and you're a little bit further down the card, then you're kind of relying on performance of the night and and finish bonuses and various things like that, don't you? But you've got to. If the referee's asked him, if the referee said something to him, if he's if he's talking to him, and he's not getting a response. Then you've got to give something back, haven't you? That's it. I can only imagine, as I say, the referees. Literally standing right over them as they're doing spinning around, doing three sixties. He's got to be talking to him. He's got to be chatting to him throughout the whole thing. And at one stage, it looks like he's he does look asleep. Yeah, he does. That's he what does. I mean. Chas Skelly's he, he's moving and he looks like he's trying to get out of it. But then the the referee can only do can only judge it what he sees in front of him. And for a couple of seconds, Skelly just seems to freeze. Yeah, he does. Just seems to stop. Yeah, fair enough. Now. You've got to make a decision then as the referee. I think, it, for me, he makes the right decision. I, I, I had no qualms with it. And obviously, Skelly's going to do that. But then people who get knocked out do that. People who are out cold, who wake up straight away. Mm. We've seen it before. We've seen it last week with Weidman fucking tackling feet with uh, with Jackeray <laughs> and stuff. <laughs> he, he gone. He'd been stopped. Mm. I think the same thing here with Skelly. It ju- he just seemed to clear his head straight away. And that was why you thought, oh, fuck, he's, he's actually wide awake. He's fine. Mm. But in that moment, he wasn't. Uh, Jermaine Durandam uh, made a comeback and got himself a victory, which started off my uh, blue corner uh, prediction of last yeah. week. Blue, red, Be- blue you went, didn't we? No, I went blue, blue, blue. I went with Mike Perry, didn't I? That's what I mean. Sorry, yeah, yeah, he lost you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So he was, but he ended, up blo- yeah, he ended up blowing it. He ended up blowing it. Didn't Romando, didn't Romando a fail to make weight again? Pennington did. Oh, Pennington. Pennington missed weight, yeah. Mm. Listen, Durandam is back. Yeah, until, absolutely. Until yeah. she uh, starts running away from Cyborg again. Yeah, well, you know, it's a one-sided decision. I think I think most people thought Durandamay was going to do it. I yeah. didn't. I actually fancy Pennington. I yeah. don't know why. Just because Durandamay had been out for a while. But again, <clears throat> I don't know. She's always going to have that thing over her head she isn't is she? Sadly, until she fights listen, Cyborg. the kid is an elite kickboxer. I'm a yeah. massive fan of hers. Every time I watch her, I get excited because she's there for taking kids out, right? Yeah. And obviously, she didn't do it this weekend. She got herself the decision. But she was absolutely outstanding, right? But this it's is the, gonna be over. Of course, it's the ultimate fighting championship. Yeah. And one thing that we've become used to in this game, more so than boxing, is that the best fight the best. The best matchups. Politics doesn't get in the way of stuff. You no. can't hide behind various bits and bats, can you? No. In this in this sport of mixed martial arts. If you're at the the top and you're the champ, then you fight the next in line. That's basically what happens. And Durandame quite blatantly just decided to uh, go and hang out in a Amsterdam coffee shop for a little bit of time before uh, and hope that it would all blow over. It didn't blow over and therefore it will all be all over her head until she gets in the octagon with Cyborg. That's yeah. where I'm at with it anyway. Yeah, absolutely. <clears throat> I agree with you. Until she fights Cyborg, her career will never will never really achieve the levels that maybe she deserves. Mm. But that's her own fault for walking away and giving up the belt. Mm. Uh, uh, I thought, Mike, just on that as well, before we move on from this card, <clears throat> I thought that Lewis Pena against uh, Mike Trezano, which was a... Violent Bob Ross. Violent Bob Ross, yeah. It should have been 
that should have been the final, shouldn't it, for tough 22 or whatever, 27, mm. whatever it was. But Pena got injured during that tournament and Trezano went on to win it. Uh, I thought Pena won that fight. I know the, I know the, it was a split decision. I thought Pena won it easy, me. I, I was quite surprised that he got beat. I thought... Uh, but you were balls deep in some Jack Daniels, mate, is where you were at. I was fresh as you? fuck then. No, I'd literally, literally, my first Jack was touching my lips as I watched that fight. Yeah. I'd literally gone in as they were as they were uh, inside the octagon was when I turned the TV on. So, um, anyway. It is regardless. what it is. It is what it is. Uh, USC 233 at the start of next year has, has announced that it will be Felder versus Vic in Anaheim. Great little not that. Big fans of the pair of them. It's going to be interesting to see Paul Felder getting back down from £190, which he currently walks away at. Uh, walks around, actually, I say, looking extremely fresh and very, yeah. very toned uh, and getting himself down to £155. Will be interesting, but that's a great fight. Felder isn't, that one, isn't that the one where uh, Sajudo Dillashaw for the flyweight belt, the main event? Well, I was going it? to bring that on as well, yeah, yeah. That's uh, supposed T- to be the flyweight. TJ going down for Sajudo, probably the last ever flyweight um, championship because they're yeah. talking about maybe getting rid of the £125 category. TJ wanting to become a champ champ, going down in weight. Most go up, he's going down to take on uh, Henry Sajudo. Fantastic. That's also on UFC 233. Anaheim, January 26th is when this is all going down. Uh, just a cu- couple of quick other things before I talk. Darren Till, Sage Northcutt, one championship. We uh, spoke about DJ going over there. Yeah. Obviously, Eddie Alvarez started this off. Now he's a free agent, Is Sage Northcutt. We're fans of his. We like the kid. Yeah, nice kid. Um, one championship is sniffing around him and uh, are probably going to make him offer and get him over there. Yeah, it makes sense. He'll do well over there mm. because of the way he looks and... <clears throat> you know the Japanese, the Asian market. You know they they love that bot- body beautiful thing and and karate. Sage can crack on with his uh, his supplementing and uh, <laughs> hand pick a couple of opponents. So do you know? He, he, listen, he, he had a sensational um, karate kind of upbringing, and you know he was a superstar in the karate circles in America. But let's let's be honest, Sage Northcutt. We we said this when he made his UFC debut. If it, it always felt like a stepping stone towards a Hollywood career, mm. he, he's got that Hollywood look and physique, hasn't he? You know, he's he, he looks like a better fighter than he is. If that makes sense, I know he's had that. He's put some good wins together recently. I think he's on a three fight win streak. But you know, he, he's fighting the lower level guys in the UFC. You know, mm. he's, he's lost to guys that are still relatively lower level guys in the UFC. Um, I think he'll go to the he'll, he'll go to the Asian market and do brilliantly over there. But you know, how many UFC fighters he had now? Six, seven, eight. I think if he was going to do anything, he'd have done something by now. He'd have moved through the ranks a lot quicker. You know, someone like a even just from the UK, you wouldn't put you wouldn't you wouldn't bet on him to last three minutes against Rocky Edwards or Darren Till and they're just the UK guys so it makes sense for Sage to move on this is not the market for him one one would be a good fit for him um, Darren Till let's get on him shall we absolutely yes please referring to Anderson Silver as Samuel L. Jackson and the baldy headed prick yep. uh, let's do a little bit of a dance at UFC London I like the fight right that when anybody else gets disrespectful and starts calling out fucking legends, you jump up and go, yeah, the fucking prick, blah, 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 blah. When your mate Darren Till does it, you're going, yeah, good lad, that's what it's all about. Go on, son, go and get yourself a little bit of a knock. UFC London, it's looking very likely that Darren Till will be there in March doing his thing. 
The only question is, is who will be across the octagon? We made a shout for Rocky Edwards. I thought that would be quite nice. There's a couple of other kids that we wouldn't mind seeing across the octagon. Yeah. Anderson Silva is actually a shout. He's been there. He's been in London before. Obviously, we saw an epic war between him and Michael Bisping, one of the best mixed martial arts fights on these shores of all time. Um, Darren Till makes reference to that in an Instagram post to uh, <laughs> to the baldy-headed prick, as he puts him. And he fancies a little bit of a dance. I wouldn't mind seeing that, if I'm honest. I'd love to fucking see it. Of course I would. I would absolutely love to see it because I think Darren Till would absolutely maul him. But um, it's never going to happen. I just can't. I just can't see that happening. Absolutely no chance. Um, but you know what? I think there's more chance of it happening in Brazil than in London. And I think Darren Till would happily travel to Brazil and fight uh, and fight Anderson Silva. But listen, Anderson Silva's the Anderson Silva that we know and love and grew up with watching. He he doesn't exist anymore. He's not in he's not in mixed martial arts anymore. This is the the guy formerly known as Anderson Silva for me. So. Um, It'd be painful to watch him get torn apart by Darren Till. But for Darren Till's career, mm. great way to get into the middleweight division. Um, other news, sad news, Paddy the Baddies out of CW100. Yeah, gutted. gutted. Go on, sorry, inter- interrupting you there. Dirty look at me over the mic. Now, Will, do you know what I'm going to dirty look you for, right? Because for, for pe- I'm going to let people in on the fourth wall of this show. So what happens is this, right? We sit in a studio on the Monday and we record two shows at once. You get your boxing show... <laughs> You get your UFC show. Normally, we do the boxing show first, and then uh, and then we obviously get the UFC show straight afterwards. And for those that listen on a regular basis, you will know that the demeanour of Mr. Pete in the UFC show is a little bit down compared to the boxing show. I think he, what it is, he can only, he's getting on a bit, and he can only do one programme at a time. Flagging. He's jizzed all his fucking energy into one programme, and then he lies down. Look at you, you're all chilled. It's like you're smart to do be going into the UFC fight, just having a little bit of a chill, going, yeah, man, you know, no. What is it? Is it because the UFC audiences are a little bit cooler than the boxing audience? Is that what it is? Have you got a different persona for the UFC this crowd? Is it. Different, different kind of attitude now, yeah. Is it? Yeah. You're talking Slick to the Nick. cool kids. Hey, do you know what it is? It's because Dan's listening, isn't it? That's what it is. <laughs> because Dan already listens to this one, he doesn't listen to the boxing show. He only caters for this one, and obviously he's on full reptile radio. Because Dan's ears are here right now, yeah. he knows full well that Dan's listening, and it's like going, well, I can't be, be cool now. I can't be a dickhead yeah. uh, on this show, so I'm just going to be a little bit cool, a little bit suave. I'm going to act a bit cooler. I'm going to talk in a little bit more of a draw. I think you should probably take Dan Hardy's name out of your mouth as well seeing as the way you've swerved him you want to take his times. cock out your mouth mate. that's what you want to do six times. take that bloody dick out your mouth that's what <clears> you <throat> want to do sunshine listen I ain't swerved nothing son right <laughs> me and Dan have a conversation every single week about his programme and we get it all sorted don't we yeah it goes up there people are enjoying the show he's got some yep. fantastic interviews coming up it's available on Thursdays make sure you subscribe to it I have no problem with Dan Hardy me and him are tight yeah Oh, your problems with me, that's what you're saying. And my problem's with you it's right now, because I'm doing a show with you, Sunshine. Come on. <laughs> anyway, Paddy yeah. the Baddy. Gutted. Gutted for him, just because I know the shit he went through the first time around with that hand injury. Um, I don't care. What's what, happened? Is he, has the, has the, the same bomb, hand. Has the bone gone again? The same, got the same hand, yeah. He's fucked yeah. it again. So uh, it's the same broken hand that anyone that followed the fight with Soren back in Liverpool will know that Paddy had it in plaster until, like, Three or four weeks before the fight. Yeah. So well, he did an interview with you, didn't he? Because I, yeah, I remember, him co- I remember him coming in with the fucking arm on. Him, full what's fucking, going on here? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, you know, regardless of that was a massive fight anyway. That was a fucking fifty-fifty fight anyway. But to take that fight and not be able to do any striking in the build-up, not to not to it, completely hamper your sparring, um, especially when you're as young as Paddy is, 
in hindsight, because he suffered a defeat, you would say was the wrong wrong yeah. decision. So this but time take around, the chances when they come, though. Listen, he wanted to be on cage while he was one hundred. He knows it's a big anniversary event. He was rushing back for it, and I think, thankfully, the doctor, Paul Rimmer, whoever it is, someone in his ear has gone. Listen, Pad, there's no fucking rush with your career. You're a baby. Let's get the hands sorted once and for all. So he's had to go. He's going back. He's having hand surgery again. Same hands. So just pray it, it does come back to its best. You know, get back to where it needs to be. But mm. it's uh, it's worrying that at this stage for someone that you wouldn't necessarily say is a striker either. You know, he's he's his bread and butters is grappling. Yeah, that he's having hand injuries. You know, he needs to get it fucking sorted. He needs to let recover properly as well. Mm. Um, two men that are definitely going to let the hands go this weekend are uh, Neil Magny and Mr. Ponzinibbio. What a little knot this is. The card, I looked down the card and, I, you know, nothing jumps off the page. No. It's all about this main event. Yeah. I think everybody who's listened to the to the Fight Disciples podcast over the last couple of years, you know exactly where we're at with Ponzinibbio. Elite level striker. Really love watching him do his thing. But Neil Magny, I'd tell you something, over the last... 12 months, 18 months. He's really come to the fore. He's one of those guys that uh, excite me every time he fights. We saw him at USC Liverpool, didn't we, on the Darren Till? Yeah. Uh, Wonderboy undercard. He was brilliant that night. Really good performance. And I'm glad now that he's in this mix as well because we spoke about this welter mix, haven't we, for some time. You've got the old heads. You've got the young sharks all coming through. And Neil Magny now has got himself into that mix. This is an absolute crackerjack this weekend. It's an absolute belter, yeah. And... Um... Nice that the UFC are going to new territories again. First one in Argentina, which mm. would be cool as fuck. Um, and Ponzinibbio, obviously, is going to be given the, given the, the homecoming yeah. that his talent deserves. But Neil Mangan, he's sick. He's like the worst guy in this welterweight division because he doesn't have the name that some of the other guys in the welterweight division has, but he's got the talent in abundance. He's one of these freaks. We were talking about UFC Denver and his events at the weekend. There's like fighting with a snorkel on. <laughs> Neil Mangan, based in fucking Denver. He trains there. That's his shit. He lives in the fucking place. So his tank can go on for days. Mm. He doesn't... The funny thing with Neil Magny is he sucks you in because he's not body beautiful. He hasn't got this frame where you think, shit, you know, you look at him, he's quite wiry. You know, he's he's not like got a sick, sick pack or anything like that. There's nothing about him where you... He's not an intimidating looking fighter. He's actually a nice dude. Yeah. You he's speak a, to him, you have a chat with him. He's quite funny. He's always cracking a joke and he's stuff. A, he's a top dude, yeah. And I think if he if he had a bit more, he's just Neil Magny. If he had a bit more of the, let's say, Mike Perry about him, yeah. he'd have probably had a title fight by now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But because he's Neil Magny and because he is, he just lets his fight and do the talking for him. He only ever loses against the top guys, you know, Damian Meyer, Rafael de Sanos. They're the fucking top guys in this division. He can fight. He's got heavy hands. He's got cardio for days. He's got a solid ground game. For me, Neil Magny is a more complete fighter than Santiago Ponzinibbio. Yeah, I agree with that. But Ponzinibbio is a more elite striker. Mm. If Ponzinibbio can keep the fight standing, you've got to favour with Ponzinibbio. And the crowd will be well on Ponzinibbio. Oh, yeah, of course they will. They'll be going absolutely fucking bonkers. But then, I think Magny's been here before, man. Magny gets it. Listen, it's all good and well being Ponzinibbio lighten up Court McGee or fucking Mike Perry or people who are quite one-dimensional. One even even Gunny Nelson, as good as Gunny is on the ground, stand-up's very predictable and very poor. Yeah. You can light these people up. Neil Magny is more than capable on his, on, on his feet of 
creating enough problems for Ponzinibbio to then be able to take Ponzinibbio down and then dominate the fight from the ground. That's it. I think it's more than just a... It's not just a grapple. Magny's an all-round MMA fighter, so it's not just a grappler versus a striker fight. But obviously, again, if the fight is the floor, Magny, if it's standing up, you'd like to think that should be Ponzinibbio's world. But it's the first time in Argentina. Ponzinibbio's taken the UFC home. We've seen what Darren Till was able to do when he brought this UFC to Liverpool. We've seen what Conor McGregor did when he took the, the UFC back to Ireland. I think... It'll be Ponzinibbio times 10 this weekend and only the very best Neil Magny is going to be able to beat him because be Ponzinibbio is going to take some stop on home turf. It's going to be cracking. Is anything else jumping out on that page for you? Absolutely. Ricardo Lemas versus Darren Elkins in the co-main event is absolutely brilliant. Just because, you know, Ricardo Lemas has been a top contender for a long time um, and he, a really capable fighter. You know, he's had some incredible performances over his career. He's fought at the very highest level. And then the cool fucking thing about Darren Elkins is that he kind of he's the forgotten man. He's, he he looked like he was going to be a stepping stone fighter. You know, he lost it. He was win one, lose one throughout the early part of his UFC tenure or the middle part of his UFC tenure, losing to Jeremy Stevens, losing to Chad Mendes. Um, but then, you know, he beats Robert Whiteford and he beats this guy and beats that guy. Then he gets battered by Mirsad Bektic, remember? And we, yeah. we were like, Bektic is going to be a future title contender. And then Elkins just comes alive and absolutely starch Bektic. Still for me the biggest... Well, then he rolls into Dennis Bermudez. Then he beats Michael Johnson. So incredible wins. Loses to Volkanovski last time out. That was a bit of a shock. I think Darren Elkins can bounce back here, needs to bounce back here because he was on his way to being a, a top contender in this weight division. And Ricardo Lamas is undoubtedly... A guy that's up there, he's just, but he's just come off a loss to Mirsad Bektic. I just think that for me, confidence and and the and the the flow of energy, if you like, is with Darren Elkins. But Lamas has been around for a long time, and I, I, listen, I think this could be a, a, a the fight of the night contender. Absolutely, I fancy Elkins to get the job done. In fact, I'm going to go with. Magni, I'm going to go with Elkins. I just, no, I'm going to go with Ponzinibbio. I'm going to go with Elkins. And I'm going to go with my boy Khalil Roundtree as well against this new kid. You love Roundtree, you don't Fucking you? massive fan of Khalil Roundtree. I've told this story on the show many times. not going to bore anybody again. Yeah, yeah. You're going to talk about hoodies. Go on, crack on. But he's fucking ace. I know that was Rashad Evans. That was Rashad. Got sorry, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Roundtree was the big, huge roadie fat guy oh, yeah, smoking yeah. 40 fags a day that decided fuck him I'm going to fight in the UFC and got laughed at mm. and actually is doing it right now uh, but this guy they brought in this Johnny Walker I know that's the most Scottish of names ever but he's actually a Brazilian and he's actually a fucking there's he... no way his real name's Johnny Walker it's like when you phone one of them fucking call centres yeah. right hello my name is Dave <laughs> it's not Dave no it's not Dave mate yeah. come on sunshine you're just trying to make me feel better and yeah, exactly. a little bit more at home because you know full well that because I'm a goon I won't be able to pronounce your actual real name is yeah. what it is what your you... name is not Johnny Walker what, why are you complaining what do you mean you complain because his name is the Silver the Santos the Silver you know Ronaldo yeah that you're upset about that. Have some fucking cool little Jack, like Jack like Ray nickname. Why can't you have one of them? Johnny Walker. What have you named yourself after? Your favourite fucking whiskey? <laughs> I, like, on, son. I like Brazilians who've got British names. Mm. I like Johnny Walker. Yeah, yeah. 
I like who's the other guy? Lineker, John Lineker. Yeah, it's, it's, <laughs> that's a good. That's a good British name as yeah, well. Yeah. I prefer it. You know me. I butcher people's names, so I'm all for Brazilians. Everybody being should have an English with name. a British name that I can actually say. But this Johnny Walker guy, it's his, I think it's his UFC debut. He's not called Johnny Walker. He's fucking Johnny Walker. It's not called Johnny Walker. I'll he's he's, he's uh, translates to Johnny Walker. He's got a crazy amount of knockouts as well. So him versus Roundtree should be an absolute punch out. But listen, Roundtree last time out gets him with Gokansaki and everyone's going, oh, Gokansaki, the greatest striker the UFC has ever seen. He's amazing. Who talks and like that? Khalil fucking flattened him in the first. Woohoo! Yeah, man. Someone's getting knocked out in this fight and hopefully it's, you, it's your boy, Johnny Walker, because <laughs> I want Khalil to be the next light heavyweight champion one day. Uh, it should be a cracker. It's uh, action-packed week on week on week. There's loads of UFC action coming your way. So, is it Saturday night? Sorry, November the 17th. Is that Saturday night? Yeah, Sunday it is, yeah. Sunday morning, yeah. Sunday morning. For, but what's the time difference with Argentina? I'm asking you here, like, your fucking Google clock. Same as America. Is it? it? Is it similar? Are they just below? Yeah. Yeah, I guess you know they know, are. They you know below? That... No, I know. Are they below New York? Are they below... You know that it's underneath America, don't no, you? No, I know it's South Cause America. Because it's, it's called South America, yeah? No, I know, but it's like the what, time... What, you want a fucking geography lesson? Please, yeah. I would guess... Right, right, you Google it now, and I'm going to guess that it's about six hours difference. Go on, son. Get stuck into that. Bear with us. Yeah, we will. Time difference to Argentina. What is it? Skadoosh. Six hours, I'm guessing. You're well out. Go this on, is, then. This is why I asked. Go on, then. Three hours. Is that it? Yeah. Three hours? Three hours. This is why I asked, because the the, the curvature of the air. Oh, so... yeah, sorry, you meant Argentina, didn't you? Fuck off. Yeah, three hours. That's right, yeah, it's three hours. <laughs> Quite the it is. Yeah, it's three hours, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, <laughs> so it shouldn't be a too late one. It? Three hours? It's only three hours, yeah. Fucking hell, how hours. did you that out then? Because of the curvature of the earth, Adam. Is it? It's as the bird flies, isn't it? Is it? Of course it is. Right. That's why when you go to when you go to Las Vegas, you don't fly over fucking New York, do you? You fly over Greenland and all that. Right. You go over the top of Canada. Right. That's how the world works. Every day's a fucking hey, school day on here, isn't it? Hey. Stick with me. Look at this. We'll be winning the, ge- I the geography the, award at next year's podcast award. I'm like the Scouse Elon Musk, mate. <laughs> listen, if you don't know what, what I mean by that, listen to our boxing show, Bucket and a Half. Bucket and a Half. <laughs> That's the name of the show as well. Bucket and a Half. <laughs> anyway. Uh, thank you very much for listening to me. It's, uh, it's been an absolute pleasure uh, being in your company. There is another Mixed Martial Arts show coming your way on Thursday, the Dan Hardy Full Reptile Radio yeah. Show. And you'll get a proper breakdown probably of what's happening. Yeah, there won't be any messing about on that. That'll be some real stuff. And maybe Dan can lift the lid on whether you two are the outlaw versus the cowboy <laughs> is legit. Yeah, right. The outlaw versus the cowboy. I'm just putting it out there in the world ether because I, I fancy that. Okay. Um, FightDisciples.com for all your Android feeds. Fight Disciples on uh, iTunes. At Fight Disciples, Facebook, Twitter and Instagram. Thank you very much. We'll catch you next time. Thank you for listening. If you like what you heard, subscribe via iTunes.